Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Code. Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room here. Um, Today, I'm being joined by Dr. Jamie Che Frimpong, Medical Director of Total Vitality Colorado, um, and we're sitting in her office. Jamie, thanks so much for having me over here and for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Well, Jamie, will you do me a favor, all the listeners a favor, and tell us a little bit about your background and then after we kind of get your story, um, we'll we'll sort of go down the path of what is and where did total vitality come from? Yeah. Um, so I am a family nurse practitioner. I graduated from Columbia University. I was originally an HIV specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and as with many people who go into functional medicine, I had my own health issues sure. um, and kind of trying to find the root cause of what was going on. Um, cause nobody was helping me just like everybody else. When you go to see all the specialists and nothing happens, um, I discovered functional medicine and started training in that. Um, and then in 2016, uh, was when I got my first job doing that. I practiced with a few, um, well-known practitioners in New York city. Um, and then in 2020 mm-hmm. through the end, well, the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. I, uh, got my doctorate in nursing from Duke. Um, and wrote a paper on, uh, educating the practitioners where I worked there. It was at Parsley Health, how to prescribe exercise. Um, and that was really great. Exercise is a huge component of all of my recommendations and a part of my life. Um, and then in December of 2020, I moved here to Colorado. I had had enough of New York city. Um, and I've had this opportunity to, um, open total vitality with my business partners, Jay and Dom. Um, and our grand opening is tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming over to the grand opening. Um, Jay was actually just telling me a little bit about it. Um, and to give you guys listening to this just a little bit of context, um, and I, I might put Jamie on the spot and have her um, see how she answers the question that I ask her about how we met and everything. But um, Jay and Dom also will probably be guests on this podcast at some point. They own a fitness facility here in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, called Total Fitness Colorado, or TFC. And um, so I've been fortunate enough to like sort of hear about Total Vitality coming long before I even knew who you were. And they were talking about like, hey, this is going to happen at some point. Um, so end of 2020, you moved here. You're one of the few people that has um, been here in Colorado for a shorter period of time than I have. <laughs> I moved here about six months before you did. So um, we're both new. And um, tell us about like total vitality and what is it? What is this functional medicine office? Mm-hmm. And like, what do you guys do here? What could a client expect if they um, you know heard about it and wanted to come check it out? Yeah, so we are an integrative health and hormone clinic. Um, so I practice functional medicine. I have a membership based model for that, but also we do hormones. So pellet therapy, testosterone therapy. Um, if people don't want to do testosterone, there's also things like Clomid, 
Um, we also do peptides and some health optimization. So smaller panels that kind of give you an idea of yep. some of the things that could later be incorporated into functional medicine. But when people want to take a deeper dive, we can do um, the functional medicine aspect. Got it. Got it. Um, now, and I, I think I know what you will say to this, um, but if someone's unfamiliar, could you explain like what is the difference between functional medicine and just going to your doctor's office, your primary care yep. provider's office? Um, functional medicine gets to the root cause of illness. Uh, so one of my big examples is if you think about irritable bowel syndrome. So somebody has diarrhea or constipation or a mix of either or. Mm -hmm. uh, your primary care is probably going to send you to a GI and your GI is going to either give you a laxative to help you go to the bathroom, maybe an antidepressant because those are also in line for treatment for that, or they're going to give you um, something to kind of make it so you're not going to the bathroom so much. My job is to figure out why. So what's going on underneath? Is there an overgrowth of yeast or candida, bacteria, parasites, anything like that that's causing the potential issue? And the same kind of goes in line with hormones. Um, sometimes it's a slower process with hormones because the natural, you know, taking the natural approach, but um, there's always, you know, potentially something else that's impacting the hormones, whether it's an infection or adrenal issues from mm -hmm. chronic stress, the yeah. gut is going to impact hormones. So all of those kinds of things as well. Yeah. So basically what it sounds like you're saying is, you know, many people, you may go into some sort of medical office with some sort of symptom, something's bothering you. And instead of just providing you with some sort of intervention or treatment to address that symptom, you actually try to figure out why it's happening exactly. and address that part. Yes. Right. Address exactly. the root cause. And this happens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like to use um, high blood pressure as, mm -hmm. as an example a lot of times because so many people are on hypertensive medications. And I remember years ago when I worked in a different, um, different office, we would have a, we had a very extensive like health history form that people would have to fill out. And we would also oftentimes get their medical, um, their, uh, what medications they were on, med yeah. medication sheet. And people would often check no to the box that says hypertension. And on some of those sheets in some offices, there's a line for hypertension and the line for high blood pressure, um, which I always think is a little bit funny. But so many times people would check no to high blood pressure or hypertension. But then on their medication list, I would see that they're on one or more hypertensive medications. And so I would always bring that up to them and say, well, so I noticed you're taking a medication for high blood pressure, but you mark that you don't have it. And they're like, well, yeah, I don't have it because I take the medication and that keeps my blood pressure low. Like it's lower than, it, you know, yeah. than it is. I'm like, so you have high blood pressure and you take the medication because you have high blood pressure. They're like, yeah. well, yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, but there's an underlying reason. Exactly. Like why that is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I mean, a big one is stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big one is and inflammation mm -hmm. um, and or diet or things like that. Yeah. Um, well, what I think would be awesome is uh, you're from New York, no, right? Remind me, because you moved from there, but for, remind me where you grew up. I grew up in Vermont. In Vermont. Okay. Yeah. Both places that I have not had the opportunity to visit. Um, how long were you in Vermont? And then how'd you wind up in New York? 
So I, my first school was a little hippie school in Vermont called uh, Marlboro College. They actually closed, but literally there were 300 students in the woods. I, it's only a town because I guess there was a post office and <laughs> fire department and that makes Probably it some a town. Tracks oh, wait, maybe there. it's because there's a church. That was the other thing. Okay. Post office and church makes it a town. Um, but um, I was there, I was originally pre-med kind of changed my mind as I was going to school um, and decided I wanted to go into nursing. Um, it has more of a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when I looked at accelerated programs. Um, and Columbia was one of the ones that had, you could, you got another bachelor's and a master's degree um, together combined. So I went yeah. straight through that. Um, I think it was like two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, so I moved to New York in 2005. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then, so Columbia, Duke, and then you went to school somewhere else, I thought you said. Just the, the undergrad. Oh, the undergrad. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so then, would you be able to share, and hope, I think I think you would like to do this, share a little bit about the personal yeah. health journey that you had um, that sort of like led you down this kind of path to ultimately become a functional medicine provider? Um, cause I know you've had a lot of things and like your fitness life has totally changed yep. because of life stuff yep. that you've gone through. So will you sort of paint that yeah, story for us? Absolutely. So, um, I was pretty high stress individual, even though I've always, <laughs> before I was trying to get back to that optimal, optimal, what I considered optimal. Um, but I was a competitive marathon runner. I was locally elite, um, working on breaking three hours in the marathon. I think I had done a 301.25, doing some short triathlons and also doing uh, ultras. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did up to 50 miles. And in this one year, um, I did uh, a triathlon. A month later, I did a 50-mile race. And then three months later, I did my PR marathon. And a month after that, and I probably, I think I was also... I was, I I do, I have a certificate in public health, but I was going to school for a master's in public health. I kind of vetoed that after a while and working full time. Um, And uh, I crashed about a month after my CK was horribly elevated, go to doctors. They tell me that I have overtraining syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, and also my heart rate was skyrocketing whenever I tried to work out. Um, So I take a month off and then start training again trained to run Boston, uh, had a horrible Boston and just mm-hmm. kind of crashed again, went back to saying it was overtraining syndrome. I had severe, um, muscle cramps. Yeah. Um, and then I started thinking I was gaining weight. I was having more constipation issues, normally running kind of fix that, you know, you go to the GI doctor and they just say, well, go running. And I was like, yeah. another doctor told me not to run. So mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, and, um, went to doc, tried to find an integrative doctor for a thyroid. They said nothing was wrong with me. Eventually landed with a naturopath. I was diagnosed with yeast, um, and then put on a horribly restrictive diet that mm-hmm. just doesn't work well with endurance athletes and kind of perpetuated eating disorder stuff. Um, cause it was like no carbs, which I is pretty common in that endurance athlete realm anyways to have disordered eating be a very common thing yeah Mm -hmm. um very common just in general yeah sure um and 
Um, and then eventually I wasn't making a lot of progress. I think I was starting to get rashes and all of that. And one of my patients, I had switched out of HIV because on top of all of this, I lost one of my jobs again, because I was always grant funded. And when those grants expire, you lose your job. And I went into primary care for a little while. And one of my patients told me about functional medicine and yeah. introduced me to a doctor. Um, and, and kind of talking to him is when I started training and discovering more. Um, if you fast forward years later, um, when I started working at Parsley Health, one of my uh, dear friends and mentors, Dr. Rachel Gonzalez, she's no longer at Parsley, but she's a genius. Yeah. Um, and she diagnosed me with mold. Got it. Um, and I also kind of, in my own timeline, realized that I have Lyme disease and Bartonella and Bavepsia. I did a test in New York. It's really difficult to test for many things. Okay. Um, but when I backtrack, when I started getting sick, um, I, I had worked in Bellevue and I was exposed to tuberculosis. I was a, the typical treatment that you take to kind of prevent it from becoming active is INH and my body didn't really respond to that. So I took, um, a different medication. Um, and that medication can also treat Bartonella. So in my mind, as soon as I stopped it, Mm -hmm. my it, everything was becoming active and that's what was causing the muscle cramps and everything else and nobody gotcha. nobody picked it up um and then in new york you're just constantly exposed to mold and everything like that so i started feeling better i went through treatment but moving to colorado has helped me tremendously so it's since moving here i've been able to keep weight off and uh, i'm still doing a different training but you know better so i switched more to powerlifting, bodybuilding kind of training. Cause I, my adrenals just can't tolerate endurance running anymore. What's going on code listeners, Dr. Andrew fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at element element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. Total, total 180, right? Like uh -huh. the two worlds, training for triathlons and marathons, especially at a high level, and then switching to more of a resistance, more higher mm -hmm. load based powerlifting mm -hmm. type training. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel so much better. Yeah. Like confidence in the body, er everything, <clears throat> just in movement. Like my flexibility is better because when you're running, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. And just having more, you know, more muscle. Mm hmm. Um, I think, I think muscle is, you know, the organ of longevity. So, yeah. Um, which, um, I, I had a similar conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, cause there's this, you know, misconception out there and, uh, we were getting on the topic of like the word tight, right. Some muscle feeling <laughs> tight. And I was explaining to him that actually tight is more like a slang term that like doesn't really mean anything. When we say that something is tight, that means either you know, it has too much tone mm -hmm. or tension to it, or are you saying that that muscle or tissue is actually too short 
for what it's supposed to be, right? Which is usually not the case. Things aren't usually too short. I think a lot of times it's more of a tone and a tension mm-hmm. issue. And we use the word tight to describe that. So what we were talking about was his hamstrings and how his hamstrings constantly feel tight. And, um, you know, prior to him showing up in our office, he has tried to stretch his hamstrings a lot. Right. And I'm like, so I'm talking to him and sort of explaining like, if stretching your hamstrings was the only solution to like get this feeling of tightness to go away, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now because you've already been doing that and it's not really leading to long-term changes and results. And then we started talking about the topic of deadlifting and strength training using full posterior chain mobility. And um, he says, oh yeah, you know what? Never in my life have I been able to touch my toes as easily as many, many years ago when I used to deadlift more regularly. I'm like, well, there you go. Isn't Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. We're about to talk about deadlifting and how I think if we can get you stronger and load your tissues, load your hamstrings eccentrically. I think we're going to help you gain some length and dissipate some of this tightness that you're feeling. And um, it was like a light bulb went off in his head. And thankfully um, he has had his own experience with that. The same thing that I was explaining to him. He's like, Oh yeah, I used to be able to do this. And now I can't. And coincidentally, I haven't been deadlifting for like the whole time that I've been feeling this hamstring tightness. Right. I'm like, well, let's start deadlifting. <laughs> and, uh, and I think you're going to feel better. But, um, but yeah, back to the, like the topic of strength, no matter what you're doing, adding a little bit more strength is mm-hmm. probably never a bad thing. Right. right now, of course that could come at the expense of potentially lacking mobility. Like mm-hmm. if you're talking about like a very built out bodybuilder type, their range of motion that they have accessible to them might be different than someone else. But generally speaking for the average person, it's always a good thing to be stronger. Yeah. Right. You're going to feel better. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's awesome. And, you know, just like you had your own experience with um, the functional medicine side and going through some health challenges and trying to get to the bottom of it led you down this path to opening this office. You know, that's kind of how I got in the physical therapy world mm-hmm. too, through my own injuries and through my father's injuries and like being able to see him go through rehabilitation processes and shadow his providers and stuff. And then I got hurt and I'm like, well, this sucks. Um, never before have I had to like miss significant time from a sport that I was participating mm-hmm. in and, um, missed half of my senior season of wrestling in high school. And that was kind of like right at that time where I was getting down to the wire of like, I need to decide where I'm going to go to school. And that kind of like was the final, um, you know, flipping of the light switch of like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. I don't like missing time and I'm sure other people don't either. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's great when we do something where we've had a personal experience because it drives our passion, but it also helps us relate to our patients. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't like to give recommendations for things unless I've tried it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So speaking of which, um, and for those of you guys listening to this, um, to give you again, a little bit of context of how Jamie and I met, it was through Jay and Dom that we referenced before, um, of ultimately, Jamie was having some pain with some of her training that she's doing. And she wound up as a client in our office um, and we had the opportunity to work together. So I didn't ask you this off air, but I'm going to put you on the spot here for all of our code listeners to hear of like, obviously you wouldn't recommend something like you said, if you didn't have a personal experience with it. So you've had the opportunity now for, I don't know, four or five visits to have a personal experience working with us um, at physio room. So what would you say is like, what makes physio room different than like different 
um, typical physical therapy practices that mm-hmm. you've been to. And, you know, I guess what makes you like to have been willing to like come back and come see us multiple times to help you address the issue that you're, that you're yeah. experiencing. What's your experience been? Well, I think, you know, growing up, I mean, I failed to mention that, you know, part of my health thing was also having recurrent injuries from running. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, that goes hand in hand with inflammation and tick-borne illness and all of that. And so, um, but like when you, you kind of think when you go to physical therapy, previous experiences are you go in and they give you some exercises and then, you know, make you do the exercises. And then you do the exercise when you go home and you got to go three times a week and all. And it's like, I don't have time for this. They just keep giving you a copay and you're just going through exercises for me, which is, I can just do that on my own. Yeah. I had one experience in New York. Um, and I always, kind of just thought it was a difference of going to somebody who had a doctorate yeah. versus a regular physical therapist. And he was fabulous. He was um, the husband of one of my teammates. Um, I had a partial tear in the labrum in my hip. Yeah. And so between his manual manipulation and doing really high dose omega on my part, mm-hmm. I was able to heal that without any cortisone injections. Yeah, um, and he worked with me because <laughs> I was still the crazy runner. Yeah. <laughs> and when he told me to run, you know, a certain amount of time I was like gutting through it. And then I slowly was like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this because <laughs> I was limping. But um, yeah, so coming to see you, it was like, okay, well, let's see what kind of <laughs> what kind of physical therapy it is. Yeah. But sure. it's still all the hands-on therapy between dry needling, um, ultrasound. So all of those things to kind of help release any of the tension in the muscles, but also giving me various warm-ups or exercises to do to address any of the yeah. strength discrepancies and all of that. So it's a full spectrum of care. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to go three times a week because I can do all the things on my own. Yeah. Um and just kind of having that support and like having somebody look at my actual movement mechanics yeah. and and all of those things. It's more more holistic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean sort of I think it jives really well with the type of practice you have mm-hmm. of where, you know, you're trying to get down to the root cause of people's symptoms and help them address that. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing we try to do in our office. And, you know, we call it reset, restore, reload is our like three step process of like, we want to help you reset and calm the body and the nervous system down, mm-hmm. address the symptoms that you have so that you feel better. But ultimately we have to hit that restore section where we're trying to restore whatever the dysfunctional right. movements, range motions, strength, lack thereof, whatever the issue is, that's the root cause. Right. And then let's reload and prevent that from coming back. And, um, so sort of, you know, some of the stuff like Jamie mentioned ultrasound. So what we were using was a class four infrared laser in our office to reduce inflammation in a very localized spot. She was having pain in her arm. Um, I actually had the opportunity to use that device today with, um, one of my young student athletes who, um, I think just slightly sprained his AC joint. I don't think he separated it. That's a grade one sprain, I think based on our assessment today, but, um, that device is really cool and it helps to draw blood flow to the area, reduce inflammation. Um, because, you know, I think pretty much are gone of the days of, Oh, something is swollen. I need to take ibuprofen to reduce the swelling, or I need to put ice on it to reduce the swelling because those things don't actually do that. Mm -hmm. They, limit our body's natural healing process. We need that blood flow and that circulation. And that's what that device produces. So a lot of times we, um, we will tell clients that like, this is like taking localized 
anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. without taking the anti-inflammatories, right? Like we're trying to help promote the circulatory effect to help stimulate the healing, dry healing, same thing. But, um, you know, at any point in time, this is one thing that I hear a lot, runners especially, don't want to go to physical therapy because they're afraid they're going to be told to stop running. Right. Right. And we definitely didn't want you to stop training mm-hmm. while we're helping you address what's going on. Mm-hmm. I want you to keep training. And yep. I want to give you like tools and things that you can do to help you be able to keep doing that. Yep. Um, so yeah, so thank, thanks for that. Um, I'm excited to come, you know, be able to send clients over here after your guys' grand opening tomorrow so that they can experience what it's like to have a provider from a medical side, like actually help them figure out what is this big puzzle that they're dealing yeah. with in their health. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So, so we're here in, in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And, um, of course we're in this office that's inside of total fitness, Colorado, yep. but your total vitality office is like just down the, down the parking lot here yep. on the other side of the building. Um, so when the office officially opens, what is your, um, like, what is your team going to be like there mm-hmm. in the office? Yeah. I know it's not just, you. it's not just me. Yeah. Uh, so we have another nurse practitioner. She does most of the pellet therapy and some of the, um, testosterone appointments. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of working on teaching her peptides and all of that. Cause right now that's my, my role. And mm-hmm. then we have our, and her name is Christy. Uh, she's fabulous. And then we have our, um, office administrator. She's also our medical assistant. Uh, her name is Jen. Yep. Um, yes, so it's kind of, kind of a small team and we're going to keep growing and building from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then you've sort of already mentioned some of these like different conditions, and things that, that you've had the experience of dealing with, um, or like we've given some examples of like what people might be dealing with Mm -hmm. when they go to their physician. But if someone was going to come in and like work with you guys, what are some of the most common things that you tend to see people for, or like, what would lead someone, lead someone in here? What are they often dealing with? I mean, well, most people just want to optimize their hormones. So you Mm -hmm. have women who are either going through menopause or they're having fatigue or libido issues or things like that. And the guys too, it's the same thing. It's more, it's so crazy to see how many men have low testosterone, even at a young age. Uh, it's just more and more common based our, on our environment and our lifestyles nowadays. Okay. Yeah. So, so you basically just started to answer the question I was going to ask you. So fin- finish your thought after I so really interrupted you, <laughs> but, but then I want, I want you to maybe like, could you talk to us about like, why, yeah. why, why do, why do we have so many hormones? dysfunctions mm-hmm. but um but you were saying yeah women will come in for menopause males also for balancing out their hormones potentially boosting their testosterone yep. that's low um i mean because we're associated with a gym you know there's a lot of fitness optimization and those kinds of things yeah um so you know then on peptides there's things where people want to optimize their body composition um and or work on some injuries because there's a peptide that helps with that Um, so those are kind of the main clients that we get that come in there. Yeah. Um, but then hormones. Yeah. So I guess like two questions, um, because depending on who's, who's listening to this, um, you've mentioned the term peptides a few times. So like what, what is a peptide and why would, I know there's different types. Why would utilizing one of those help with our health? Mm -hmm. And then yeah, for males and females, why are we seeing that? so many people are having disruptions in their hormones compared to like what the levels should be at. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Uh, so peptides are little chains of amino acids. Uh, most of them are injectable um, subcutaneously. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like a little baby needle. Um, and they're overall pretty safe. They're not FDA approved. So I always like to tell people that piece. Sure. Um, but um, we have uh, one is called BPC-157 and that's kind of like the Wolverine drug. Yeah. That helps with injuries um, and pains and that kind of thing. Um, healing ligament tears and that kind of stuff. Um, and then oh, what a lot of people like are the ones that enhance uh, growth hormone. Um, the thing with that is that enhances longevity. So it can help decrease body fat, increase lean muscle, but it can also help your skin and your hair and gotcha. all of those aspects. Mm -hmm. Those are the, really the common ones. Yep. So I hear for those things, um, a lot of people talk about like supplementing collagen for, mm -hmm. for these same yep. things that you just mentioned. Yep. So how is that? How is this even like the same or different? Peptides are stronger. Stronger. Yeah. yeah. So more, more efficient or effective way to supplement yourself. Yeah. For those yeah. same, same potential goals. Yep. Um, and then what about the hormone side? So yeah. this could be a long answer. There's <laughs> a lot that goes into it, but I think it's important to talk about because, um, I mean, unless you were to go get a nice panel done and like, actually like check what these levels are at. I don't think most people know mm -hmm. what their hormone levels are at. You know, most people maybe don't know what their credit score is at. So like, unless you go check right. these things, right? right? You just, you don't know. Yep. Um, so we have a lot more endocrine disruptors in our environment now. Uh, some of it is things like plastic. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, That's where kind of like the BPA-free plastic became more common. But especially if you put plastic and you heat it up and have your food in it, um, that kind of puts all of these endocrine disruptors into your food. You're looking at um, hormones that are put in meat. Um, so that's kind of where looking at, uh, antibiotic free, free range, all of those kinds of things is definitely better because otherwise they're giving hormones and such to the animals to make them bigger yeah. and produce more meat. Um, there's endocrine disruptors in pesticides on foods. Uh, even in, if we look at our personal self-care and the products that we use on our body, or even like in the air around us, like yeah. air fresheners and right. perfumes and all, I mean, even in for women, like some makeups, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. it's just everywhere. And if you um, kind of look around and you look at young girls nowadays, they're developing breasts at a much younger age compared to like when I was a kid. Sure. Um, so that's really evidence of, of what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and it all, I mean, we can only do, do so much in our environment to kind of avoid all of these things, but, yeah. um, you know, doing, doing the best you can. Would you be able to, cause I know you do do some of this in your life and, um, I've tried to start implementing some of these practices in my life, but basically what you just said is like so many of those endocrine disruptors are so prevalent mm -hmm. in our environment, in our lifestyle, and we're basically like surrounded by them. Mm -hmm. What are some potentially like first step, easy ways that you could maybe start to try and like shift your lifestyle away from some of these things and start, start to implement um, a way to live that would maybe not be quite as impacted by yeah. those things. I mean, I think about like food prep is a big one, right? So instead of having food in those little plastic containers, 
put it in a glass container mm-hmm. or making sure if it's in a plastic container because you bought your food from a food prep company that you put it on a plate to heat it up. Right. Um, so that's a good one. Not drinking out of bottled water, having your bottle mm-hmm. um, like a yeah, <laughs> as I keep looking yeah. at your bottle there. I'm drinking but, out you know, of a plastic bottle of water today. Um, I, I also <laughs> have my... And- bottle of water with other stuff in it but I'm yes. halfway there today having having one of those that you fill up instead yep. um and then you know and aiming as much for sometimes it's cost prohibitive when you're looking at the food that you're buying right yep. so um if we're looking at organic stuff I just follow the dirty dozen it's mm-hmm. we don't need everything I don't need to eat an organic banana it has a heavy peel there's not as many pesticides that are in it so looking at those kinds of things, but yeah. for sure, my berries are going to be organic because all you do is wash them. Yeah. Um, but then if we look at meats, you know, trying your best to have grass fed, antibiotic free, free range, all of those kinds of things. Do I buy organic chicken all the time? No, but do I make sure it says it's free range? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but you can even go into the nitty gritty. I just learned that you can say that things are, are free range or grass fed, and then they're finished. You have to say it's grass finished correct? because they're yeah. fed corn at the end of their life. Yep. And, um, I had a former colleague, or I guess, I don't know, someone else that works in the physical therapy industry that has a family member who works in like the food industry involved with, you know, chickens and eggs and farming and whatnot. And, um, I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, but whether the term was free range or it was um, cage free, I think was <laughs> yep. was the term. Does not necessarily mean that these chickens are able to run around a nice big open yep. area of grassy land. Cage free could literally mean that there are like hundreds, thousands of chickens stuffed in a in a building or in a room. And there's like one little door that's like open to this tiny little grassy area outside. So they have the capability of mm-hmm. getting out of that room if they have the willpower to like push through the mob of a thousand other chickens yeah. to get out there um so you know a lot of times like the marketing and the labeling that is used is not necessarily indicative of what is actually happening yeah because that's not what you picture when you read the term cage free yep you picture you know yeah the marketing free, is definitely free range yeah. is definitely off so you know it's kind of you do the best that you can on mm-hmm. that one yeah um And then, you know, and for women, it's just really looking at the products that you use for your body. Um, Mm -hmm. There is, oh, I'm having a brain fart on the, the environmental working group has an app. Mm. Think Dirty, the Think Dirty app. Um, And so that will grade uh, the quality or the the, uh, toxic potential of different things. So even when I was picking like the soap, for the bathroom in the office. Yeah. I was like, most ones that have fragrance and, and them are toxic, but it's kind of nice to wash your hands with a little fragrance, right? Yeah. So I found one that was a much lower level. And you would think a lot of these natural brands are uh, I know like method brand is yeah, super common. That one. Yep. They're usually really high on the toxic level mm, with their fragrances. Um, we bought Myers. Yeah. Um, because it had a lower level of toxicity, but kind of those kinds of things. Yeah, and I, I love that just concept in general of like if someone's gonna walk into because you're like you're walking the walk, right? You're not just like talking about like this is what you should do, but you're not actually doing it. Um, where if someone's gonna come in here, like you're literally supplying and um 
setting up the office with the same type of things that you're suggesting right now. I was in a um, medical office. I, for those of you that are fortunate enough to follow me on Instagram, um, <laughs> you you may have seen a story that I posted. Um, this uh, So as of the recording of this podcast, it's June 16th, 2022. So this would have been yesterday. Um, I had a story from Tuesday to Wednesday. I was in a medical office getting a heart scan done, fully preventative, which came back totally clean. So that's good. Um, And in the lobby of this medical office where they're doing scans on people to see like how their heart is and how their health status is, the snacks that were provided, there was a coffee machine, a little Keurig machine and a couple little things of coffee, which, okay, that's, that sounds fine. But then there was Swiss mix or Swiss miss hot chocolate. So just packets of sugar, Mm -hmm. right? And then three or four different kinds of like Lay's potato chips, Doritos, Fritos, goldfish. I mean, just like stuff that all of us know is not healthy for us. We probably should. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We shouldn't be eating, but that's what's provided as a snack in a medical office. Yeah. And I felt compelled to just like take a picture of it and share this because I was so frustrated by it. Mm -hmm. And um, I had already had plenty of coffee by that point in the morning. So I didn't need to get myself another cup, but I was, they fortunately had, um, of course it was plastic bottles, but they had a little fridge right there with some water in it. So I helped myself to a water and just kind of shook my head at why are, why are there Doritos here? I mean, unfortunately many people in the medical field don't actually lead a healthy life. Mm -hmm. It tends to be a high stress job with long hours and all of that. And they just don't take the time. Um, in an office that I worked in that was functional medicine, yeah. I was honestly asked how I have the time to work out. Yeah. Because I was working out an hour five times a week. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was like, well, it's priority for me. It's my mental health. It's all of these things. Yeah. Um, but people just don't prioritize that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really think I don't. I can't expect you to make any lifestyle changes if I don't actually do it. Yep. And in the circles of people that you um, communicate with and that I communicate with, we're starting to see that more and more and more that people who live a certain lifestyle, they either avoid the medical system or they won't go to see somebody unless they like absolutely need to Mm -hmm. because they struggle to find exactly what you're talking about. Someone who is, you know, lives a very healthy lifestyle, very fit individual, something like that, who is trying to take care of their body and not, you know, have these diseases and conditions, generally speaking, does not want to go see a provider that doesn't live mm-hmm. the recommendations that you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I heard this from, from somebody yesterday, another gym owner here in town. And it was right after I left that, that office that I was just telling you about. And she basically said, like, I will never see another physician that doesn't lift weights. And if I find out that they don't, and I go there, I'm going to leave the office because she believes that's part of a healthy lifestyle and something Mm -hmm. that you should do to -hmm. promote overall wellness. And she's like, I won't do it. I literally had a patient uh, on my functional medicine side and she has had chronic mold and her doctor told her not to exercise. She was a runner and all of this. 
And, and it wasn't like you can't move at all, but he didn't encourage any sort of movement. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I mean, yeah. she's, she's seeing the guys now for personal training, but like movement's important for your mental mm-hmm. health. It's important for detoxification, your lymphatic system, your digestion. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, and, and kind of unfortunate that I'm, I'm about to share another example of something where, you know, what a provider says, right? Because the way that the healthcare system is set up, um, still, there is inherent like credibility or respect that you know a client is going to take the words that come out of a provider's mouth to heart in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. right? And words can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. If you tell somebody that their MRI or their X-ray looks like this 30-year-old has the back of an 80-year-old because of some degenerative changes that show up on an MRI they're going to think that their body is fragile yeah. and broken and that they, they can't use their body when really degenerative changes are a normal part of the mm-hmm. aging process. And if you have wrinkles on your face, it makes sense that you would have some wrinkles in your body. Right. Um, but I was speaking with a, uh, a yoga instructor yesterday. So, um, there's a client of their studio who has been like a member for two years, has almost done, um, her yoga practice, like almost every day for two years, she comes and attends classes, you know, misses an occasional day here or there, but she's like extremely consistent. Um, she's also going to physical therapy somewhere. And, um, I was sort of explaining to, to this woman, the, the instructor, how our office is a little different than some others, how, you know, we, we generally speaking, want to continue to promote movement Mm -hmm. and keep people in the activity that they love and enjoy to do as much as we can, unless we really think there's a reason they need to stop for, you know, maybe a runner has a stress fracture or we suspect they have a stress fracture. That'd be a great example. Like, Hey, we need you to stop until we can rule this out. Mm -hmm. Um, but this particular woman was told by her physical therapist that she should stop going to yoga because she, in other words, she lacks the core stability. And I don't love the term core, but transverse abdominus stability to stabilize her lumbar spine and that her TFL muscle on the anterior lateral side of her hip was basically overcompensating and causing her to have dysfunctional movement patterns and a rotated pelvis. And, um, basically that she thought she needed to stop doing yoga in order to address this. So the instructor was asking me, like, does this make sense? And she sends me this, this long message because what the client did was took that information and immediately went back to the yoga instructor who she knows and likes and trusts and said like, is this true? Do I have to stop doing yoga? Cause I don't want to. Um, but this is what she says is wrong with right. me. Right. I have all these things wrong with me and not knowing very much about the context of, I don't know this particular client. Um, you know, I don't know her health history or anything like that. My approach would probably be different with mm-hmm. this particular person. And any one of our team members at physio Group's approach would probably be different with this person where we would try to help her address the issue and improve her spinal stability while continuing to promote her going and participating in the activity that she clearly is very passionate about. Mm-hmm. If she's been there like every day for two yeah. years, um, cause she was very upset about like, mm-hmm. I don't want to stop doing yoga. Mm-hmm. So now what do I do? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Yep. So frustrating. Yep. <laughs> so hopefully if you guys are listening to this, haven't had a similar um, story of your own where, you know, you maybe have been suggested a plan that 
isn't exactly what you think should happen and maybe left you feeling like you had more questions than answers. But, um, you know, an office like this, an office like physio room, you know, that's what we try to help, help you avoid. We want to help you find the solutions and find the answers to the problems, not for you, but with you. And um, so that you can continue doing the things that you right. want to do. And I think the most important thing for, for people to know, um, especially if they don't have access to places like ours, is advocating for yourself. Yeah. Because just because one provider tells you something, it doesn't mean that that's, you know, the end of it or yeah. the, the whole solution or any of that. You can always get another opinion, you know, talk mm-hmm. to other people. Um, because it really is about helping you to feel optimal physically, but you also still feel optimal emotionally and mentally, mm-hmm. um, not limiting, you know, the activity that you really enjoy. I mean, unless something serious is going on, right. You can't run, like you said, yeah. a stress fracture or something like that. Um, but there are always, you always have choices. And I think the biggest thing is really advocating for yourself. Cause that's where, where people get stuck um, in the medical system is by not advocating. Yeah, you know, I think what we tend to see so much, and I think advocating for yourself is a is a good example of like being proactive mm-hmm. in in your health or in your um, wellness journey. So many times, what we see is the way that healthcare is administered is it's it's just a reactive situation. Like, wait till something happens, and then we'll prescribe you yep. something for it rather than, you know, pay, pay, um, for preventative purposes or, you know, health insurance of course is, is another, I think part of the big puzzle of why these things happen. But, you know, a lot of times people will, maybe they feel like they don't have enough money for a gym membership or, or a bike or, Mm -hmm. or something that they can do or use to promote health and wellness. But, um, you know, insurance will pay for other things. It'll pay for medication when you have something that's going wrong or, you know, it'll pay for a surgery that maybe could have been prevented if other things happened first. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you like to have that conversation with people? Because I find myself having it a lot of times about, you know, where insurance in general was initially intended to be for big catastrophic accidental things, right? Like take homeowners or car insurance. It doesn't replace your light bulbs mm-hmm. and your wiper blades or fill up your gas for $5 a gallon or anything like that. That's not what car insurance and home insurance is for, but that's kind of how we view health insurance that it's supposed to be for everything related to our health. Yep. Um, so how do you, how yeah, do you find I think, yourself explaining that? I think for me, the biggest one is on the functional medicine side, because I've worked in practices that take health insurance. I've worked in some membership models that are a lower price than what I am yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every office kind of practices differently, but in a way you're paying for what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's when you're in an insurance based model or you're paying per visit, you get that chunk of time. Your visit is 30 minutes and that's kind of it. Um, and then a lot of times in offices that practice that way, then you're charged for an email. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked to one patient, he was like, uh, you know, he sent an email and it was a hundred dollar bill yeah, just to get an answer. Yeah. Um, so your the providers aren't really available after hours. Um, 
I do a membership based model and it's more concierge level. So Mm -hmm. you can text me on my day. I was in New York city on Friday. My patient has no idea I'm on the East coast. So it's a two hour difference. And I get a message at nine 30 at night, but she's so sweet. And she apologizes for texting me on a Friday evening. It doesn't matter. I answer her question and that's kind of that level. And it's also because when you're doing functional medicine, every case is different. I can't just say you have mold and I'm going to treat you the exact same way as my other patient. Cause yeah. you're looking at so many other things. And also I look at what you're ready to do as far as lifestyle changes and or willing to do to help optimize everything. Yeah. And I mean, some patients only want to take liquid supplements. That's going to take me a really long time to put together, put together a plan for sure. that kind of thing. Right. So it gives me the extra time after what, you know, the hour that I spent with you, yep. because of course, when I do it this way, my visits are longer right. um, to then, you know, research things or look up different supplements or anything like that mm-hmm. and have all of that time where when you're just kind of in the paper visit or insurance-based model offices get even less, it's really about the number of patients so that you can yeah. make more money yep. and be able to survive yeah um it's really a quality over a quantity yeah and like you said you pay for what you get and the level of service that yeah. you are provided with is such a different it's a such yeah. a different experience yeah right where you're provided with the time to be able to allow the provider yourself um, to be curious about right. the individual across from you like what is going on in your situation and how can we help best support you because you're different than your spouse or your friend or your neighbor yep. or anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. And, and it's totally true. Like, and I think some of that whole story right there is part of what contributes to the high stress environment of the healthcare system and why a lot of the healthcare providers or, or assistants and um, administrative staff members in these healthcare offices aren't able to live or make the priority to live the lifestyle that yep. they want to or want to support is because the situation that they find themselves in doesn't support that. Mm-hmm. It It's a numbers-driven mm-hmm. situation and a time time management. Like the more we can do in the shortest amount of time, the, yeah. the better the bottom line is. Um, and that's not what's uh, in the best interest of people's health. No, that's not. And and it's not how people, you know, feel good when they leave their office. Mm-hmm. You know, when I want you to have time to ask the questions that you have, or a lot of times you're filled, you know, we go over a visit and there's 101 labs. Yeah. Maybe five days later, you have questions that came up. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to ask those questions and not have to schedule another visit or, yeah. you know, if, because in those kind of offices, you're booked out. I've been booked for out months. for, a, yeah. yeah. And so then it's nearly impossible to get in. You have a question and now you have to wait that long before you yeah. can be, get it answered. Yeah. I've had that with a couple of clients, um, not necessarily here, but in previous places that I've worked where like I saw a client for physical therapy, uh, evaluation it's their first visit. And this was someone that, um, though this is not often the case, I felt like this person needed to see a neurosurgeon Mm -hmm. for their spine related pain that they were feeling. And, um, you know, I thought this was a relatively serious situation and, you know, not that they needed to go to the emergency room, like right now, but that, Hey, we need to, in a timely fashion, get you in to see someone to make sure this is not a situation or, or confirm that it is that you may need to have back surgery. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we call the office 
And they're like, our next opening is in three months. And I was like, what do you mean three months? Like I need them to be seen like in the next week. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and it just blew my mind. I was like, is there any way that we can get this person in sooner? Or if not, where can we get them in sooner? Because I don't think this scenario should wait for three months to potentially be addressed. Right. And unfortunately that's typical when you go see a specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately primary care providers won't deal with a bunch of this stuff. We actually had one of our first clients here and his calcium was elevated. Mm -hmm. And when you get labs from certain companies, you can kind of see an old level, even if it was done from a a different provider. And I was like, well, the old level was a little bit elevated. All right. He's coming in for for hormones and all of those kinds of things. I'm I'm not giving you hormones. Um, We wanted to make sure that there was nothing else going on. So I, I sent him to an endocrinologist and we were actually able to get him in fairly quickly. And he's, having a surgery on his, uh, parathyroid. (laughs) So it was like, but the previous provider just didn't pay attention to it. And that could be a reason why he's, you know, struggling to lose weight and some of those things. And I'm like, you have to, I mean, for me, if I see a lab that's off, I'm always going to recheck it and confirm and all of this, but like, you don't just ignore it and wait for the next year when they do a physical. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's more of like a, you know, this isn't causing too much of a problem. So let's not worry too much about it. We'll check it again at your regularly scheduled time and we'll see where we're at then. Like not optimizing things, exactly. like you said, or like, or not taking a closer look, uncovering yeah. different stones to see like, hey, is there something we're missing here? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what I that's what I love about the approach that like you guys have or just functional medicine in general, mm-hmm. um, which at the end of the day, probably is just how medicine should be, but because it's not, it's called functional medicine. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, so Jamie, what else? Your office is um, about to have the grand opening. Mm-hmm. You're already seeing clients, yes. right? Yep. Um, but you're, you know, you have a relatively small team, but um, do you have like a, you know, a vision for you and Jay and Don and like what you hope to see total vitality sort of like evolve or grow or, morph into yeah I mean definitely we want to keep growing this practice um want to keep seeing the the hormone side grow um helping people work making us different from other hormone clinics by adding in the the health optimization and having options for functional medicine because I think those are important where you know if you go to a TRT clinic you're on a mill yeah (laughs) Here's your it's the same thing we were talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. different yeah. you know? Um, so really, and, you know, really creating that uh, provider patient relationship, which I think is really important for healing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jay has a vision to open an office in Florida at some point. Oh yeah. That's where his family is. So kind of building towards some of those aspects as we grow here awesome. Awesome. and keep building there. I definitely you know, have visions of, um, finding ways of making what I can offer at a, you know, less, less pricey, you know, rate, whether it's group classes or, you know, group programs or things like that. Um, kind of working with the trainers a little bit on doing some educational sessions, just really passionate about teaching women to eat food. (laughs) teaching them about building muscle and that, you know, and the benefits of those things and just kind of 
clearing up some misconceptions yeah. on all of that. I think I have a, a really good opportunity with being able to work with fitness professionals on some of those things. Um, cause you know, that in itself is a good way of helping people for longevity. Nobody eats yeah. enough protein. Um, yeah, what we will, um, what we will have to do is you and I, TFC, total vitality physio room, we're going to go just continue to educate the masses mm -hmm. on, on this stuff so that we can make what you do, what we do that is different than the norm, more accessible to more people yeah. so that hopefully we continue to sort of like change the landscape of how people take care of themselves, how healthcare is delivered and, um, and, you know, change the, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like change the view of like, what does it mean to be healthy? Right. Because what the media shows us and what you read and like, like you said, misconceptions, I think that's what a lot of stuff is, is I constantly find myself like helping people and even myself unlearn things that I've been told or taught or, yep. or thought I knew before as we uncover more information and learn more things and do more research. And, um, that's constantly what it is. Like, I don't know, it's probably weekly that I am trying to help somebody unlearn a conversation where they were told that deadlifts are bad for your back and, um, deadlifts are not bad for your back. Deadlifts are great for your back when you do them correctly. And, um, and honestly, like you talked about being strong before, even if you do them slightly incorrectly, it's better to do them and to get strong and build a nice, strong foundation than to avoid them altogether. Yeah. Yep. Right? Of course, we want you to optimize things, mm -hmm. but you're better off continuing to do things slightly off course and correct than mm -hmm. just not do them it's, at all. Everything is about trying something and keep practicing it and building from there yeah. with, with lifting, with changing your diet, with, with anything, mm -hmm. just about taking those baby steps. And you're never going to learn if you don't actually try and work on implementing it into your life. Yeah. Um, if only there was a cool podcast where you could hear things about that, like, you know, starting the journey rather than waiting for times to be perfect. Um, you should check out other episodes of the code if you haven't already heard those episodes. But um, Jamie, what I want to do is make sure that people who tuned in to listen to this know how they can reach out to you guys, get in touch with you, whether that's on social media or whether that's your website or whatever. So what are the ways that code listeners can get in touch with you guys at Total Vitality? Yeah. So our uh, website is totalvitalitycolorado.com. Um, my Instagram is just my name, but, uh, which you'll just read the show notes so that you can get my last name. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> Shay Frimpong does not look like it is pronounced. He has done a really good job at practicing how to say <laughs> my last name. Um, and then, uh, also total vitality. Is, we have Instagram and, um, Facebook as well. Um, and then for more information, you can also just email hello at totalvitality.com. Awesome. Check out the show notes for all that information. Dr. Jamie, thank you so much for being on here. This was fun. Um, unscripted and it was very convenient for me too. I just had to walk right next door <laughs> to come, to come hang out with you, but, um, thank you guys who tune in to listen to this on the code. I hope you have the opportunity to check out total vitality. Um, and if you do, come check out us at Physio Room 2. We're right next door here in Highlands Ranch. And um, we will catch you on the next episode of The Code. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>